in 1970, in his book, Russia, the Vatican and the Invasion of Israel, Brother Graham Pierce wrote this. Ezekiel 38 describes a remarkable time of peace and prosperity before the northern invader thinks his evil thoughts and says, I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and neither having bars nor gates. The language of Ezekiel's time for a peaceful state. Today, the land of Israel is the reverse of this. These words of Ezekiel have not yet been fulfilled and they most certainly will be fulfilled. We must accept God's word with a childlike disposition. Three times the prophet declares that the northern invader will come at a time of peace and tranquility in the land. End quote. The peace described in Ezekiel is one of the pivotal details provided for us about the time of the end and is a marker to set the stage for the invasion that comes from the north. For many years, Bible students have read of the strange transitory state of peace that the prophet describes and looked up from their Bibles only to see continual war, bloodshed and intifada ingrained in Israel's relations with her neighbours. While such violence has not yet come to an end, as the Hamas demonstrated in May in their war against Israel, nevertheless, the Abraham Accords brought a seismic geopolitical shift in the region that are the building blocks for an acceptance of Israel in the Middle East. Last week, the Times of Israel wrote an article reflecting one year on and stating while most of the foreign policy world is focused on Joe Biden's moves in Afghanistan in the wake of the turn of events there, the anniversary of another important development quietly took place last month. The first part of the Abraham Accords, the historic cooperation agreements between Israel and several of its Arab neighbours, brokered in large parts by the United States, turned one year old in the middle of August. Several Arab nations have joined, all of whom never had formal relations with Israel. End quote. As we look back over the past year, the accords have gone from strength to strength, as several of Israel's Arab neighbours have fallen into place, following the example of the United Arab Emirates. And as a whole, the last year has looked like this. On the 13th of August 2020, the UAE were the first to announce diplomatic ties with Israel. This was followed on October the 23rd by Sudan. And then on December the 10th, Trump announced that the Kingdom of Morocco also agreed to establish full diplomatic ties. On the 11th of February 2021, Oman joined the crew. And then finally on the 30th of March, Bahrain also joined. History illustrates how unprecedented these diplomatic ties are. For example, Sudan. After Sudan became independent in 1956, they sided with the pan-Arab policy of Gamal Abdel Nasser and declared war on Israel in 1967 in the Six-Day War, along with Egypt, Syria, Jordan and Iraq. And after the war, the famous Three Nose Summit was held in Khartoum, of all places, in Sudan's capital. There would be no peace, no recognition and no negotiation with Israel. This is somewhat ironic. 
considering Jordan, Egypt and Sudan now all have peace treaties with Israel. As well as this, the Ethiopian Jews were rescued in the covert Operation Brothers that was carried out by the Mossad in 1977 to rescue the Jews from the Sudanese refugee camps. After information about this mission leaked in 1984, the then US Vice President Bush arranged to rescue the agents left in Sudan by shipping them out of Sudan in large boxes labelled US Diplomatic Mail. How times have changed. Back to today, as process continues to march on, only this week, the first ever Bahrainian ambassador to Israel landed in Ben-Gurion Airport, Tel Aviv. And as he touched down in Israel, a statement by the state-run Bahrain news agency said that the ambassador's arrival in Israel is, quote, an important step in developing relations between the two countries and their peoples. Israel's foreign ministry spokesman also added that the Bahraini embassy in Israel, as well as the Israeli embassy in Bahrain, have a central role in strengthening the bilateral relations between the countries and serve as yet another milestone of the vision of the peace accords signed in 2020. Another win for the Abraham Accords in the past year has been the government of Israel. From Naftali Bennett, the Prime Minister, to Yair Lapid, the Foreign Minister, to Bibi Netanyahu, the new opposition leader, there is a consensus. One of the few things that all can agree on is that the Abraham Accords are a positive thing for Israel. Only yesterday, the mishmash of ideologies, which is Naftali Bennett's new government, passed the first reading of the budget through the Knesset. And this is a strong indicator that, at least in the very short term, the new coalition in Israel is stable. And this is important, since the new foreign minister, Yair Lapid, took his first visit to Morocco as an opportunity to sketch out his vision for moving the Abraham Accords into the next phase. And Lapid had this to say, We are creating here, and what we have been creating over the past few months is essentially a political axis, a growing group of countries working together with a shared vision. From the UAE and Bahrain in the Gulf, Morocco in North Africa, Egypt and Jordan in the Middle East, Cyprus and Greece in the Mediterranean, and others that are joining all the time. End quote. Lapid is looking to usher in a new period of regional stability for Israel. But whatever the outcome of the civil war in Israeli politics, one certainty appears to be that the Abraham Accords will be valued and built upon whatever the government situation is in Israel. Perhaps the most curious part of the Abraham Accords in the past year has been the lack of outrage displayed by the Arab countries towards Israel during its war with the Hamas in May. The Middle East Institute described the war as the first test of the Abraham Accords, and the result of the test was a shift in focus. The Middle East Institute had this to say, statements on their part 
that is the Arab media outlets parts, statements on their part became more nuanced and the criticism began to be aimed at both Israel and Hamas. Despite the basic empathy for the Palestinians and the extensive coverage highlighting the death and destruction in Gaza, the attacks on Israeli citizens were also reported. Some columnists in the Arab media, who often reflect the positions of the regimes themselves, accused Hamas of initiating the round of fighting and thereby harming the people of Gaza. They even expressed sympathy with Israeli citizens forced to stay in shelters due to Hamas rocket fire. They also refrained from commenting on the violence between Jews and Arabs within Israel, end quote. This softening of attitudes towards Israel shows that the Arab world is now walking along a diplomatic tightrope, heading in a direction that they have never travelled before. Could this be the beginning of the end for Hamas and Fatah, the ruling powers in Gaza and the West Bank? The Times of Israel wrote that the Palestinian leadership viewed the normalisation of ties, the Abraham Accords, as an act of betrayal. Fatah is advocating for Palestinians to reject this newfound peace, and Mahmoud Abbas reportedly declared that normalisation with the Zionist entity is high treason against Palestine. Could it be that the rest of the larger Arab world are beginning to see the Palestinian leadership as the voice of a petulant child rather than, of, rather than as the mouthpiece of a noble resistance? Has the Arab world grown weary of the Palestinians' rejectionism? It certainly appears that the Abraham Accords and their implications are leading Israel ever closer to peace and prosperity in Judea and Samaria, the mountains, and setting the stage for the northern invader of Ezekiel 38. We wait to see how this peace will unfold in Israel and wait with even more anticipation for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that have been gathered out of many nations are now dwelling in the land that has been brought back from the sword, just as Ezekiel wrote. The restoration of Israel is dawning on the long night of Gentile times. And may the great shofar continue to sound for the ingathering of the Jewish people. This has been Daniel Blackburn joining you for this week's edition of Bible in the News. Mm -hmm.